Hello and welcome to Ag PhD Radio, broadcasting from the Morton studio today with a little microphone issue. Brian tried to open the show, but it just wasn't wasn't his day to do so. Uh, today we're going to be talking about corn herbicides here in the Morton studio. We're also going to be taking your calls and agronomic questions at 844-44-AG-PHD. Or you can always give us, uh, give us uh, an email here, radio at agphd.com. All right, so corn herbicides today, big discussion, you know, thinking about a lot of things here, resistant weeds, thinking about some of the programs that are out there. Uh, I don't think the supply issues are quite as big a deal on some of the corn products, uh, but what, what are some of the issues with corn herbicides this year, Brian? Okay, let's see if, all right, so that, that microphone is working. We, we, we fortunately have four microphones here in the Morton Just got to pick the right so. one. Yeah, I just I don't normally have to do that. So anyway, uh, I think we had some cords switched around. All right, so corn herbicides. Darren was just talking about supply. We, there aren't many supply issues. There's going to be a – let's put it this way. We aren't back to where we were at, call it three years ago, where there was 40 50% extra product of like everything. So we're not going to be back to that. But – uh, supply looks really good on most corn herbicides. The other thing is that I kind of look at, and I don't know if this will even happen, but I just look at how much some of these things have come up in the last couple of years in price. And I think, you know, when are they going to start going back down? So some of the generic metallochlor products, for example, I mean, they're triple from what they were, or at least double uh, from what they were three years ago. So I go, hmm. I don't know that I want to have a whole bunch of that sitting around. And so I know there are ag retailers talking about that right now, that they don't want to load up too much on supply because they're worried that the price might go down this summer or next fall. So that's, I guess, one of the reasons why I'd say you might want to just lock in your corn herbicide stuff early. You might want to pick it up early, just have it on hand. But for the most part, no, I'm not that worried about supply. Heck, I'm not even that worried about glyphosate or glufosinate going into this next year. I think we're going to have ample availability. Now, I guess what I wanted to talk about with corn herbicides is the topic we were covering yesterday, which was what's the best thing for weed control? And so before we say, oh, use this herbicide, it's the best, or use that herbicide, it's the best, um, we need to know what your weed spectrum is. And I don't even care as much about the whole weed spectrum as I do. Tell me what your number one weed is. What's your number two weed? What's your number three weed? And a lot of times we can figure these things out by you saying, hey, I've been using this and I'm still having this problem with this weed over here. So then we can start to identify, all right, what, what's really going on is this, switch over to this other product, and then you'll be in good shape. The other reason why this corn herbicide discussion is so important is because a lot of people are having issues controlling weeds in soybeans. Well, most corn farmers are rotating with soybeans. So if you are on this 50-50 rotation, corn and soybeans, then I'd just say you, you really want to make sure you've got the broadleaves under fantastic control in your corn because going into your beans, you don't want to have that extra pressure. You don't want to let some water hemp go to seed or palmer pigweed or kosher or anything else in the corn because then you know what a nightmare it's going to be by the time you get over to the soybeans. So anyway, we'll talk about pre 
and post-emerge corn herbicides today. If you've got any questions for us, you can certainly give us a call. Our number is 844-44-AG-PEHD. Again, that's 844-442-4743. You could also email us, radio at agphd.com, or find us on Twitter, agphdmedia, Darren Hefty, or Brian Hefty. All right, to start the show off today, let's get to the Ag PhD mailbag. It's the mailbag! All right, Brian, this one comes in from Benjamin. He said, I'm an agronomist in France, and I'm very interested in your Neil Kinsey uh, seminar you're having in February. However, I'll be working in France on those days. Uh, is there a replay that'll be available if I if I get in on that seminar? Will I have some time to get it watched? Yes. So the information for all of our Ag PhD workshops we have coming up in January and February, as well as Neil's, Neil Kinsey's workshop that's coming up in late February, also here at the Morton Center near Baltic, South Dakota. Uh, it, it's online. So you can just go to agphd.com and then you can see the information for each of these events. And the, yes, there is a live stream option also if you would like to do that. Uh, that does cost a little bit, but otherwise, if you come for, for come in person, all of our straight Ag PhD workshops are free and Neil Kinsey does have a charge for his. All right, thanks for the question. Uh, get this one on strip till. It's from Rob, and uh, Rob is up in central Manitoba. He said, not in the Red River Valley. I'm out in potato country, central Manitoba, CECs 15 to 25. He said, with variable pH soils ranging from 7.5 to 8.5, can I change the pH in row with my strip-till rig, adding ammonium sulfate or elemental sulfur? If so, I'm wondering what rate you would try. I've, I'm starting to put in tile this year. I know my water table's causing issues, but trying to make a, the best crop this year. Okay, the water table thing is concerning because with elemental sulfur, for it to break down in the proper fashion, you need bacteria. You need live bacteria, and that means you can't have horrible drainage. So I don't know how bad it is what you're talking about, but I know this. When you put elemental sulfur out in a poorly drained field and that water table's high and all the bacteria, I shouldn't say all, many of the bacteria have died, you don't have the bacteria count you need, then instead of your elemental sulfur turning into hydrogen sulfate, it turns to hydrogen sulfide. And then your soil is going to smell like rotten eggs, and that's a bad thing. So let's just assume that the drainage was okay. I would consider trying a little bit of elemental sulfur in my row. Um, You can certainly do ammonium sulfate, but with both of those, I don't want them near the seed. If they're near the seed, that could potentially be a problem. So just keep them away from the seed. If we're talking strip till or, you know, somehow they're away from the seed, it's fine. You can do that on the row. I'm probably trying 25 to 50 pounds just to get started. Stay tuned. We'll be right back talking corn herbicides. AgroLiquid is precision crop nutrition. That means being committed to product performance, to research and field testing, and to superior agronomics. Most of all, AgroLiquid is committed to delivering precisely the right nutrition in the right way including seed-safe planter plus side dress applications and foliar applications with low burn risk. AgroLiquid. Apply less. Expect more. Find a retailer at agroliquid.com. 
It's smart to make the right agronomic choices, and it's even smarter to get rewarded for them. With the Bayer Plus Rewards Program, you earn cash back on seed, herbicides, and other eligible products. And it keeps getting smarter, because now you can earn an additional 10% bonus when you send your redemption check to your retailer. To learn more, contact your retailer today. Protect your yields and get the most from your land with Bayer Plus Rewards. Visit MyBayerPlus.com and see program terms and conditions for full details. Did you know soybean diseases like white mold and sudden death syndrome can survive in your soil even after rotating crops? Prevention of these diseases is a constant battle and yield loss from an infection can be devastating. The right management plan makes all the difference. Keep your beans safe with Heads Up Seed Treatment. Heads Up guards your seed from both white mold and SDS. Stay protected and profitable by asking your seed dealer for Heads Up. Learn more at HeadsUpST.com. At Corteva AgriScience, we want to keep farms healthy and productive, today and tomorrow. That's why we're investing in a robust pipeline of naturally derived biologicals. Meet Nutritia N Nutrient Efficiency Optimizer. It's a sustainable nitrogen fixation product that facilitates crop growth and optimizes yield potential. With the fluctuation in fertilizer prices, Nutritia N is a reliable solution. It can be used alongside your traditional nitrogen program to enhance your ROI this year. For more information, visit Corteva.us. Back, you're listening to Ag PhD Radio, broadcasting from the Morton studio today, talking corn herbicides. And a lot of these active ingredients, of course, will be used in multiple crops. So we'll we'll dive into that where where necessary as well. Uh, with corn herbicides, we got pre's, we got post-emerge, we got weed resistance, we got a lot of different things going on. So we'll start with Chad Smith down in Missouri, works with Valent. Chad, how are you doing today? Oh, I'm doing well. How are you? You know, we're doing well, too, and one thing on today's discussion, we're talking corn herbicides, we had a lot of guys this year that they weren't super happy with how their weed control was in corn, looking for some different things out there. Uh, what's new, what's different, and what are you excited about heading into this year? Um, I tell you what, heading into the 23-year valent, uh, we'll be releasing our new corn herbicide. Uh, it's called Maverick, and um, it's actually going to have three modes of action. And so we're, we're really excited about it because it's uh, going to be the first kind of premium corn herbicide that, that has a peroxisulfone and, and chlorpyrrolate in it. And uh, then it adds in a little mesotrione too. And so it's been a, uh, it's been in the works and been tested here in the last, uh, well, quite a, quite a bit for the last few years. And, and we're going to have a, uh, have a launch in 23 and, and really try to ramp it up for 24. You know, a lot of demand for, for those combo-type products that have some residual, but but also are going to burn down what's up. Uh, when when you talk about Maverick, you got three ingredients that a lot of farmers are familiar with, and they've been using, just not necessarily in this combo. Uh, talk to us about some of these tough weeds, like pigweed and some of the other things. Do you, do you like using stuff pre? Do you like being in a split-shot program? How are you best to use Maverick this year? Um. Well, that's the, the, the good thing about Maverick is it does allow that flexibility because you can either, if you want to do a, uh, a pre-application, you can, you can make a pre-application. Um, if you want to do a, a post-application, you can do that as well. Or if you want to do a split shot, you can do that as well. Um, it, it really depends on a lot of the soil types. Um, a lot of the coarser soils that, that you see, I tend to 
uh, I tend to like it post. Um, I'll, I'll come in at, at an early post and, and maybe mix a little bit of uh, atrazine with it. Uh, like everything, atrazine makes everything look better. Um, but just, you know, a, a quarter to a half pound atrazine at, at post, and um, it, it really knocks out uh, a lot of those tough weeds like water hemp and palmer amaranth. Um, it's, 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 just, it's been a really stout product on, on those, and, and not to mention picking up a lot of the annual grasses that you get. So, yeah, we, we're, we're, we're really proud of it. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see, uh, you know, coming into this year, we got a lot of folks that are in, in drier areas, and uh, some of the, the weed control options late maybe weren't as good as they want. Getting something out there with residual early in the season can can definitely set you up where you've knocked out that first flush and you're going to hold down anything else that comes. And if rain is a little few and far between, then you got something there to, to hold down that next flush as well. We're talking with Chad Smith here about their new product, Maverick, from Valent, coming out uh, this year. Chad, thank you so much. Really appreciate having you on. Hey, thank you. appreciate you having me. You bet. Uh, we've got Tom Wood with us right, right now with Belsham, and as you probably guessed, oh, yeah, Belsham, that's the company that's got tough. Tom, how are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing very well. How are you? Good, good. Now, Chad was just talking about multiple modes of action, and I know we've had this discussion too. The the nice thing with Tough, it's a, a different mode of action that most guys aren't using, but pretty flexible to mix with some of these other things out there on the market. Well, absolutely, it's a it's a group sex, very unique. Um, we have extended the label, so now popcorn, seed corn, so growers can be confident in using it. It's safe and effective on on seed corn, particularly pioneer seeds. But yeah, we've, um, we know growers were testing it with status and dicamba formulations. And, uh, we tested this with K state. And now I think you can say that tough goes very well with dicamba products too. So particularly if you have resistant kosher, adding eight ounces of tough to your status, will do a nice job of uh, bringing your control back in line. Yeah, it's it's interesting. We don't talk as much about kochia and corn as, as we do in soybeans. Soybeans, it is a terrible weed, and this is a great chance to try and clean up those fields and, and wipe it out on the corn side of the rotation. You know, when we look at pigweed, that's kind of where tough, in my mind at least, Tom, uh, really got its name and got its popularity going with guys that the pigweed control has been good. Uh, what are some keys? I, I know you've mentioned small weeds, good coverage. What, what do you mean exactly? What do you like for gallons per acre? all those kinds of things to get the best activity yeah we always say use multiple modes of action so this is why we add tough get them while they're small absolutely but good coverage it is a contact herbicide so we recommend 20 gallons per acre no less than 15 uh, but 20 gallons an acre you can take it to the bank it'll work every time you know, a lot of our listeners will ask us about uh, miso and and combination products like Callisto, for example, and uh, and also atrazine in the mix. And uh, from from what we've been hearing this year, those seem to be working quite well with Tough. What do you have any preference of what you do, or or uh, do you change that up as the season goes on? No, I I think if you're if you're comfortable with your program with your HPPD, so if you're using uh, Callisto. Add eight ounces of tough um, if you're dealing with resistant pigweeds or kochia. Uh, works well. It's a, it's a post-end product, so 
we um, recommend you use it there. Um, but if you're using impact also, we, we have data that says if you're using impact, you can even reduce your rates of impact while adding tough. So um, tough also can be used up to um, eight leaf corn. So it provides a long window of application. And we know other products have shorter applications, even the ones that we recommend with tank mixtures. So it becomes a quite a flexible product to use in, in any of your tank mixtures. Yeah, there's a, a lot of a lot of cool things you can do with tough. We're talking with Tom Wood here with Belsham trying to control some of these tough broadleaf weeds and corn. Tom, thank you so much. We really appreciate having you on today. All right. Thanks for having me. You bet. Uh, Brian, I get a, a message that came in. This is from Jacob over in Minnesota. He said, you guys keep talking about pigweed and you talk about kochia, but you forget about lamb's quarter. What about lamb's quarter? We've been missing that with some of our combos we've been using. Okay, working on my microphone situation yet here. All right, so I I would say I am not that concerned about lamb's quarters if I'm doing a great job with pigweed species, and for that matter, even kochia. So the same products, for the most part, are going to kill your lamb's quarters. So that's why we usually like to start with a good, strong rate of a pre, something that has activity on pigweed, kochia, lamb's quarters, all that kind of stuff. The group 15s are okay. If you could spike in something else, like let's say it's sharpen or whatever, I mean, just something else that would help you pre, great. Post-emerge, lots of options there. Um, In corn, we really like status, HPPDs. Um, You know, there there are plenty of choices there in corn. It's not that difficult to get lamb's quarters under control in corn. And in soybeans, we like the three pre's. And then you follow with something early post, like let's say it's another group 15 or it's a group 15 and maybe a Flexstar, Cobra, Cadet, something like that. You should be in pretty good shape. Jacob, a couple things in Minnesota that we see is guys spraying pre's after planting. Yep. And when we get dry years, like we're just coming out of a dry year, and I know there are a lot of guys that said, man, I just rolled on planting. I didn't have any rain kicking me out of the field. I'm not sure if that was the case for you. But the guys that were in those areas and sprayed their pre after planting didn't get enough moisture to really get it to work. And by the time uh, those lamb's quarters were already up, uh, they had problems. Or guys that just completely left the pre out and said, I'm going to go total post here and I'm just going to wait till stuff's up a little bit. Some of those lamb's quarter patches get really, really thick and they get a lot of growing points by the time that lamb's quarter is just a few inches tall. So it can be tough to kill. Uh, One other thing that I'd say just an observation from last year is it was kind of cold in May. There are a lot of guys complaining about it was too cold. And I know we were talking to, uh, to somebody in the industry here and they said about every herbicide complaint they had all happened within a 10-day window where the nighttime temperatures... We've talked about this for really years. Cold. Yep. So cold temps are your enemy. That's something to watch out and just another reason to, to kind of lean on those pre's just a little bit more. Hey, thanks for the question, Jacob. We appreciate that. And we'll talk more about corn herbicides right after this. Are you combining around weed patches, waiting for weeds to dry down, or tired of spring burndown failures? Save time, nutrients, and moisture by including a Valor herbicide brand in your fall burndown program. Valor provides excellent residual control of tough weeds, including kochia, mare's tail, prickly lettuce, dandelion, plus suppression of bromes. Proactive, effective weed resistance management starts in the fall. 
Get a clean start for your next season with Valor Herbicide Brands. Always read and follow label directions. It came on a night like any other. With power unlike anything else on Earth. Using beyond advanced active ingredients like bicyclopyrone, Acuron GT post-emergence corn herbicide is here to annihilate tough weeds. Advanced technology. Enhanced control. Talk to your Syngenta retailer about Acuron GT. Always read and follow label instructions. Get more durability for less downtime with Soil Warrior Strip Tillage from Environmental Tillage Systems. Improve fertilizer efficiency and reduce passes and fuel usage. Now that's ROI. Learn more about ETS at SoilWarrior.com. Pentair Hypro Ultra Low Drift Nozzles are your ideal choice for the Enlist E3 herbicide system. With coverage comparable to flat fans and with 90% less drift, ULD nozzles meet all required standards for Enlist applications and provide optimal performance of contact herbicides. Learn more at pentair.com hypro. If you understood everything on a soil test and could make your own fertility plan, you think you could cut your farm's fertilizer expenses? Maybe you could increase your yields. Why not both? I'm Darren Hefty. We want to empower you to make your own fertility decisions. That's why we're devoting two full days to our Ag PhD Soils Clinic this year, January 10th and 11th at the Morton Center on our farm near Baltic, South Dakota. This could be the two most important days you spend in your farming career, and it's free. So register now at agphd.com. Pasture spraying season is upon us, and your spray window may be longer than you realize. Many weeds like musk thistle and Canada thistle are still able to be controlled after a few light frosts. If you've got some ground that's losing productivity to invasive weeds, turn to proven answers like Weedmaster and Burnmaster from New Farm. Go to newfarm.com forward slash US crop to learn more. The value of your farm building is in its ability to protect what's stored inside. That's why Morton Buildings ensures that every machine storage and insulated workshop we build will provide superior strength and durability. As a 100% employee-owned company, we're all committed to being the industry leader with a focus on innovation, service, quality, and most importantly, customer satisfaction. To get started on your next project, please visit mortonbuildings.com. listening to Ag PhD Radio. Thanks for joining us today. We're talking about corn herbicides and any agronomic topic that you have a question on or would like to discuss. Our phone lines are open at 844-44-AG-PHD. We've got Kurt Martins with us right now with BASF to talk just a little bit about corn herbicides here. Kurt, how you doing? Hey, doing great. Thanks for having me on today. Yeah, you got a lot of choices in the BASF portfolio. It's always been kind of a nice thing. We got a company that does a ton of research, and of course, you get in on that too. Uh, so, talk to us about some of these things. You got multiple Group 15s out there. You got uh, different combo products. You got a lot of different situations that that you can kind of fill in the gaps here. Where where do you start as you build this corn herbicide program? Yeah, we sure do. It's a it's a great portfolio for corn herbicide products, multiple modes of action. Uh, we can really tailor a corn herbicide program, depending on what growers' needs are, depending on weed species and, and what have not. And obviously, the, the foundation for us starts with verdict herbicide, you know, the enhanced pre-emergence herbicide. It's a group 14, which is a PPO, uh, pre-mixed with Outlook, which is group 15. So, uh, And that PPO 
uh, chemistry is obviously a different chemistry that, uh, that 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 we use maybe a lot in soybeans. So it's one of the few ones that we use in corn. So it gives us a different mode of action. So we're not leaning on HPPDs as much, especially on a pre. Yeah, when you think about. Uh... The, the different modes of action there. I know some folks will say, okay, I know I can only use five ounces of verdict in soybeans, but corn, you can go with a lot stronger rate. How do you dial that in exactly where you want to be? Do you want to be at 10 ounces? Do you look for a problem weed areas and bump it up? Or or do you just change up what you're doing with your post program? Exactly. Yeah. It's understanding what kind of weed pressure you have on your farm. And that's kind of where I start my recommendations. So like 10 ounces is like that setup rate and the, and the full rate is is 18 and again it depends on the weed pressure so a lot of times if we've got some heavier water head pressure giant ragweed pressure i'll try to get guys moved up to 12 or 15 ounces um in in that's that's a that's a, a stronger setup rate and of course depends on what you're coming back in post-emergence now we can utilize armazon pro which is armazon and, and more outlook but if we do that we got to remember we can only put out so much outlook in the growing season so Therefore, I try to ten, like keep my verdict uh, recommendation at 10 to 12 ounces. That still allows me to come back with 16 ounces of Armazon Pro, which gives me uh, about six-tenths of an ounce of, of Armazon. That's that's good for, for burn down. So that program right there, verdict followed by Armazon Pro, that is, uh, that is what is that? It's three different modes of action. If you would put atrazine or glyphosate with it, there's two more modes of action. But that program, verdict followed by Armazon Pro, we have less than a half of a percent uh, in resprays with that program. It's just it 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 just covers kind of all of our spectrums uh, for for weed control here in, in Midwest our corn. Well, that's exactly what we're going for, using multiple modes of action, using a couple different passes, layering up residuals. We're, we're doing everything we can here yeah. to try and clean fields up. And, and hopefully by that point, you get the crop canopy, and after that, uh, the weed control uh, issues are, are just much easier to deal with. And, you know, when you look, Kurt, you got... Uh, different products in there that, uh, well, you get residual for broadleaves and you get residual for grasses. So it's kind of fun. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. And, and you mentioned a great point there. We're trying to get the canopy because, you know, obviously when we get the canopy, we, we shut the sunlight off to the soil surface and that's, that's going to stop our weeds from germinating, especially that water hemp. And what I run into a lot of times, uh, especially down here in, in Eastern Iowa and Western Illinois where I work uh, we got everything's based off water hemp now. That's our that's our driver for all of our herbicide programs. And guys do an okay job of of putting a, a good good residual down, but they don't put a layered residual in with the post trip in the corn. And that's that's what we're trying to do. We need that residual um, to to get us to that canopy, so we can so we can shut the the sunlight off the soil surface, so we don't have water hemp germinating anymore. And so uh, again, that that Armazon Pro. That that one two punch verdict Armazon Pro, you know we're we're basically maxing out the amount of, of outlook we can put out for the season, and and that's what it takes. We need a lot of residual out there, of course, along with the with a strong post emergence to 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 take out you know what what snakes through our pre emergence. Yeah, a lot of good stuff there. We're talking with Kurt Martins with BASF. And, of course, if we can clean things up in the corn, it makes life so much easier in the other crops that we're doing, too. So, Kurt, thank you so much. We really appreciate all the advice today. You bet. Thank you. Let's head over to Minnesota. we got Jeff Moon with us right now. He works with Corteva there. Jeff, how's it going today? 
uh, doing well today, uh, Darren. Good to visit with you. You bet. You know, we're, it looks like we got a little weather moving in, and and that means uh, farmers move back inside, deal with some of the bookwork, and maybe start some of the planning for 2023. And corn herbicides is one of those topics that we've been getting a lot of questions on. So talk, talk us through this a little bit, Jeff. Uh, how do you approach it? Are there some certain weeds that you're targeting more than others in Minnesota? And uh, what kind of success are you seeing? Even, gosh, you had some dry areas across Minnesota, and then you had guys that caught rain seemingly every week. Yeah, we had a little bit, bit of variety this last year. And uh, you're right, the harvest is pretty much wrapped up. People are thinking about 23 and what they're going to do. And and I think you, you hit it on the head there in some of your earlier conversations. You know, you, you want to use something that's got some good residual activity. You want to use things that have multiple modes of action. Um, you need, obviously, to think about the weeds that you have. You asked about what we're concerned about over here. It really starts with water hemp. And I think giant ragweed is also a, a driver weed. Uh, water hemp, as you travel further uh, to the west, ragweed as you travel to the to the east, but they they both are in play in a lot of areas, and uh, they present some challenges because of the long germination time those weeds have. That's for sure. Well, you mentioned ragweed. I don't think we've talked about ragweed yet, and uh, that one's been growing in resistance to different chemistries and just becoming a little more difficult to control. Uh, you know, when you look at, at different pre-emerge products, I know you guys have a new one this year too, and uh, can you talk to us just a little bit about that? Yes, be happy to. Uh, our new corn herbicide that we're going to have for 23 for, for people to use, it's kind of a familiar name, but it's a little bit different, Resicor XL. And so many of your uh, listeners might be familiar with Resicor. Uh, this is a little bit different formulation of Resicor. We've been able to uh, encapsulate the acetochlor. Uh, along with doing that, we've been able to um, extend our application window. Uh, you know, traditionally, these acetochlor-containing products have had to stop their application at 11 inches tall. With Resicor XL, we can go all the way to 24-inch tall corn, so it extends out that window. We can use this as a pre-emerge herbicide all the way up to 24 inch tall corn. So a nice, long, large window of application. Along with some of the, the improvements there is, is we've seen some improvements as far as handling and mixing goes with other herbicides, with other fertilizer additives. And so we're really excited uh, about the utility that Resicor XL is gonna bring to our lineup. You know, and you mentioned the encapsulation. Uh, it always leads to follow-up questions. And my first thought when I heard that was, oh, man, it's going to be a slow release. I want a lot of that acetochlor to be available now. Uh, I don't think your encapsulation really does slow down the release. It just safens up uh, leaf safety and that type of thing, correct? Sure. There, there is an impact there for uh, safety as far as uh, crop response goes. And, you know, these encapsulated products, I think there's a big um, – variants in them some are you know very thick walled encapsulation we're, we're talking about microscopic things here but still a very thick walled encapsulation to help products move through the trash or to keep them from breaking down in this particular case we're kind of on the other end of the spectrum it is an encapsulation but it's a pretty thin wall breaks down rather quickly um, so it's going to be available and it's going to have a, a nice improvement there in crop safety as well so kind of a the best of both worlds there, I think, when we think about Resicor XL. 
Yeah, a lot of things to look at going into this year, and I just encourage everybody listening, don't just say, well, you know what, uh, let's just do the same thing we did last year because, honestly, we all get in a rush around this time of year and say, you know what, man, I got holiday stuff coming up, and I'm still wrapping some things up on the farm. I, I Just just reset. Just give me last year again. No, take a look at some of these new things. There have been some upgrades, and as Jeff mentioned, even though uh, it still sounds the same, it's still Resicore, but the XL version has some definite benefits you need to look at. Uh, Jeff, thank you so much. Really appreciate having you on today. You're welcome. Thanks for your time. Talking corn herbicides on our show today and, and taking your calls and questions and comments as well, 844-44-AG-PHD. We're talking about uh, weed control and shelter belts on a previous show. Bob said, I like your approach. I'd rather spray the weeds than have to continuously mow them or cut them down, uh, get it done in one shot. Uh, that's what we're talking about here in corn herbicides today, Bob. We're going to try and take care of these weeds as best we can in, in one or two passes. We'll get back to that right after this. It changes everything. So says Indiana corn grower Nathan Davis about innovative Zyway LFR fungicide from FMC. Zyway brand fungicides are the first and only at-plant corn fungicides to provide unprecedented, season-long, inside-out foliar disease protection. Discover more grower and retailer success stories at zyway.ag.fmc.com. Always read and follow all label directions. If you've ever wondered how the Farmall got its name, here's an abbreviated list of the jobs the Case IH Farmall can do. Baling, cutting hay, feeding, hauling, loading, pulling, raking, cleaning barn, mixing feed, fertilizing, mowing, chopping, seeding, clearing, irrigating, furrowing, cultivating, hitching, digging, emergency tow, harrowing, hoisting, leading parades, excavating, grading. <sighs> Let's make it simple. This tractor does it all. So no matter what you're doing, can do comes in red. Farmall. Learn more at caseih.com slash farmall. When nematode pressure mounts, Seed Applied Trunemco provides assurance. Growers using Trunemco are seeing a difference. From early plant vigor to improved soybean and cotton yield, impressive results are everywhere, and we want to hear about yours. You could win $20,000 and be named a Trunemco Top Grower. Request your starter kit at newfarm.com forward slash top grower, but don't delay. Contest ends November 30th. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited. See full rules. Newfarm.com forward slash top grower. How can natural products help you raise bigger and better crops? I'm Darren Hefty. In recent years, natural products have exploded onto the market, claiming to improve soil health and plant development. There's a lot to sort through. That's why we're devoting a full day to our Ag PhD Naturals Workshop. It's Thursday, January 12th at the Morton Center near Baltic, South Dakota. Our research team has spent years testing hundreds of natural products, and we want to share with you what we've learned. For more about this free event, go to agphd.com. Compromise is nice, if you're at the playground or scouring yard sales. But farmers know better that middle grounds have no winner. That's why there's Revitec fungicide, fast-acting and long-lasting, preventative and curative, disease control and stress reduction. So leave the settling to little Tommy at the seesaw, an old bargain bill, and take your full prize in yields with Revitec fungicide for uncompromised performance. Always read and follow label directions. Are you combining around weed patches, waiting for weeds to dry down, or tired of spring burndown failures? Save time, nutrients, and moisture by including a Valor herbicide brand in your fall burndown program. 
Valor provides excellent residual control of tough weeds, including kochia, mare's tail, prickly lettuce, dandelion, plus suppression of bromes. Proactive, effective weed resistance management starts in the fall. Get a clean start for your next season with Valor Herbicide Brands. Always read and follow label directions. Welcome back. You're listening to Ag PhD Radio, talking corn herbicides today. And our next guest is Chris Munsterman with Syngenta. Chris, how are you doing today? Doing great. Greetings from Omaha. Question for you. Now, you mentioned Nebraska here just to start off. And, and uh, boy, Nebraska had some heat and some dry mm, weather yeah. and some challenges. And I think about the guys that are under pivot versus the guys in dry land. And how do you change up strategies or do you change up strategies when you're trying to control weed season long? Well, guys try to manage, obviously, the corners, the unwatered portions differently. But this year, a lot of them just gave up and mowed them off and sprayed them down because there wasn't any corn there or beans there either. And they were just trying to manage the weeds with contact killers in the corners, trying to lessen that seed bank for next year. But it was not a pretty sight. No, no, that's for sure. And I, I think about the opportunity that irrigation does give for an advantage. A lot of times guys will say, man, I, I need to get my pre's activated. I need some moisture. Well, if you're in control of the rain, that's a pretty good situation to be in. <laughs> yeah, but it, it's nice. It's like having, you know, the deck is stacked in our favor on one aspect of it. Yes, yes. True, true, true. And it's not free. I, I totally get that. Okay, talk to us a little about what Syngenta's working on here in corn weed control. Well, we're just, my agronomy counterparts, we're just going over our yields from our research plots uh, this week. And it appears, again, that people that invested in a good, solid pre-program, and if they had a pivot to turn on the water and get a couple of tents on it, while the yields weren't what they were last year, they it definitely paid off. And with the investment that we're having to make in fertility and diesel fuel to run these pivots, we don't want to be feeding weeds the first four or five weeks of that crop's life, we want to be making sure they don't even come up. And as you know, with our palmer and water hemp issues, many times if a weed is big enough to see, you can't control it. And so that's where we're talking. We talk layered residuals. Uh, the thing that a lot of folks got burned on this year from whatever pre they used, if they were planning on a two-pass program, if they let more than four weeks go by between putting their first shot on and their second shot, it was almost like they didn't do anything up front. And so that was a struggle for a good number of people. Uh, but Acuron and Acuron GT held in there as good as any of them and better than most uh, overall. So, But it was a challenging year, and it, it really paid. You brought that up about water in it. A lot. Of, I wish more people would turn their pivots on and give me a couple of tents yeah. to get that herbicide working. I, I totally agree with you on that one. I, I think guys wait too long, and we use old rules of thumb of, oh, no, we don't right. turn it on until this stage or something like that. Uh, I don't agree yeah. with that. We, we see a lot of guys, in especially in lighter soils, they'll irrigate before they plant to have some moisture for the seed or, right. or irrigate right after planting. Uh, okay, so you mentioned the pre-emerge herbicides, and, and we're big believers in the pre's too, but yeah. I, I think about that investment of it costs two to three bushels of corn, the value of two to three bushels of corn to put a pre out there. And you think about return on investment, I don't know what your yield gains were in your research plots this year, but I have to imagine they're more than two or three bushels, so the yeah, returns we, look pretty good. And it's if we did we had the, the, some of the sales reps had this you know Acuron find five to fifteen more bushels and 
Well, to be honest, we haven't really had to pay on many of those. Now, the overall yields weren't as good as last year, but we're still outperforming a good number of total post programs and even competitive pre or pre-followed by post programs. Acuron is really safe. The bicyclopyrone in Acuron brands really adds residual without adding any safety burden to the crop. So uh, we're, our, our long-term plans for herbicides are going to include mesotrione and, and, and bicyclopyrone in those Acuron brands. They're proven it too many times. Yeah, I think you, farmers just have to learn. I know a lot of times we get caught up in looking at this year, and I, I love what you're doing, right. Chris. Let's let's look at what it's been over the last few years and make great decisions, and certainly that uh, two-shot program, getting a good pre down and not waiting too long. That's one of the big thing, big tips I'll take from you today, not waiting too long to make sure you make yeah, that follow-up. Yeah, I, I get fr- it's It's really bad. You know, guys, they'll they'll keep planting in the wind and not realizing how long it's going to take them to get everything sprayed. And then they're behind the eight ball. So yep. Yep. we just don't have a lot of options on big emerged water hemp and, and Palmer anymore. No, we sure don't. We sure don't. Well, Chris, thank you so much. Really appreciate having you on. It's Chris Munsterman okay. here with Syngenta. All right. Appreciate it. Thank you all. You bet. Thank you. Uh, i got Randy Niver with us right now at the Calvasco. How you doing, Randy? Good, sir. How are you today? Pretty good. I assume you're probably looking at a lot of the yield data right now, too, and kind of seeing how all these trials are turning out. Yeah, it's been a pretty exciting year. I'll be honest, I was not uh, expecting the type of results that we're getting this year uh, here in East Central Illinois. We went through quite a dry spell, and uh, somehow those August rains we got and the cool temperatures we got really added on some some grain weight and knocked it out of the park with uh, some decal genetics. I, I, I'm impressed with what they've done with the type of year they've gone through. So it's been pretty exciting. So, Randy, this is Brian. My question for you over in Illinois in your area, what's the biggest weed problem you guys are fighting right now in corn? Uh, our biggest problem in corn and soybeans both uh, ultimately is water hemp. It's it's one that, uh, you know, we're, we're running out of options across the board, and, and there's so many seeds that uh, that plant can produce that it's just always showing up. Uh, and and we've got we've to do better about uh, figuring out ways to, to manage it and be on time uh, with those applications is, is like what they were talking before. It's just uh, being timely is the hardest part because once they get, you know, a couple inches tall, they're already uh, getting harder and harder to control. Are you finding a lot of people are still trying to go one pass in corn or do you have more people that are now doing a pre and a post? Uh, it's kind of a mixed bag. I, I've got a handful that, that have switched from going to uh, or from having a one-pass system going to a two-pass system. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I've had some that have tried to, you know, with the cost of everything going up, they're trying to um, make it a little bit more economical in their pocketbooks by going to a one-pass system instead. Uh, ultimately, I still love the, the two-pass system uh, and even adding a, a, a third one in the fall, uh, ultimately in the burn down. I think that can give you a really good start uh, to the spring if you're starting clean from from even from an early tillage or something like that, that, you know, we, we get some early corn out in September and get that ground worked, uh, and, or if it's a no-till system even. And we got weeds coming up before we're done with harvest, and uh, we need to get those under control to help our spring uh, pass do even better. Are you finding guys who are putting cover crops in that's holding the weeds back, or are they still having a problem with the water hemp and other weeds as well? Yes, sir. As long as they can get in early enough with that um, uh, with that cover crop to where they're getting a good stand, 
uh, or they're making good seed soil contact with by drilling it in or uh, something like that. I, I think it's doing a much better job at controlling it uh, than uh, in situations when it's either flown on uh, or uh, applied too late and we don't get a good stand. Uh, I think those, those, those are probably the biggest challenges we've, we have with weed control in cover crops is just not getting the stand we need to, to fight those weeds off. Or there'll be pockets you know, that we can't control where um, it, it gets drowned out, too much water in the fall or something like that, and, and we lose that stand of cover crop in those areas and we, we fight those weed, those weeds there, and they can creep out a little bit you know, into the thinner areas pretty easily. Everybody's been talking the last few years about Roundup resistance with water hemp and some of these other weeds. Are you seeing other herbicide resistance issues with your water hemp? Um, I, I don't know that I can say that there are resistance, um, but certainly as that plant gets taller and it, it gets stronger. So yeah. uh, tolerance uh, might be a, a little bit more of a better word than resistance. It's able to to uh, either metabolize or just fight through uh, other products, you know, that, that we're trying to fight it with that, you know, as it gets taller and taller and, and it gets stronger and stronger. It's like taking down, trying to take down uh, Goliath uh, with a, with a, um, a pebble. I mean, if you if you don't hit it just right, you're going <laughs> right. to have a hard time. Well, one person right? could do it, but yeah, that's about it. That's so. right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we've been talking to Randy Niver. He's with DeKalb Astro over in Illinois. Randy, thanks for the time today. Appreciate it. Yes, sir. Y'all have a good day. Yep, you too. All right, we've been talking corn herbicides today, but we're going to get back to the Ag PhD mailbag right after this. If you've got a question for us or anything you'd like to talk about that's happening on your farm, you can give us a call, 844-44-AG-PHD. That's 844-442-4743. You can also send us an email, radio at agphd.com. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. It's planting season. Race against the clock season. Mistakes can't happen season. And no one helps you face it all like John Deere. Putting technology in your hands that gets you in and out of the field faster. That makes your spacing and depth more accurate. And that gives you the confidence that this season will be your best season. See what you have to gain at johndeere.com slash gain ground. Schedule your service appointment with the experts at CNB and make sure your equipment is in top shape to keep you in the field and ahead of the game. CNB is your local John Deere dealer. Learn more or schedule your appointment online today at DeerEquipment.com. Get an extra semi-load out of your grain bin. The Enzone from FarmShop MFG can increase your stored beans moisture from 10 to 13%. On a 20,000 bushel bin, that's a free extra semi-load. Visit FarmShopMFG.com for more. When nematode pressure mounts, seed-applied Trunemco provides assurance. Growers using Trunemco are seeing a difference. From early plant vigor to improved soybean and cotton yield, impressive results are everywhere, and we want to hear about yours. You could win $20,000 and be named a Trunemco Top Grower. Request your starter kit at newfarm.com forward slash top grower, but don't delay. Contest ends November 30th. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited. See full rules. Newfarm.com forward slash top grower. Farmers come to Commodity Classic from every state and beyond. I'm a farmer from Lexington, Tennessee. Brackenridge, Michigan. Michigan. Finley, North Dakota. 
We're performers from, from Elverson, Pennsylvania. Cope, Colorado. Northeast Arkansas. I'm a teacher from Glenview, Illinois. We are corn and soybean farmers from Allegan, Michigan, and we want to see you at Commodity Classic. Join us in Orlando as we're preparing for the next generation, March 9th through 11th, 2023. Learn more at commodityclassic.com. Go long for season-long foliar disease protection that starts at plant. Only Zyway brand fungicides from FMC provide season-long foliar disease protection from the start. Active ingredient Flutriafol moves through your corn plants as they grow for inside-out protection from roots to tassel. Growers and retailers are sharing their Zyway brand fungicide success stories at zyway.ag.fmc.com. Always read and follow all label directions. It takes balance to be successful in farming, because what you get out of it depends on what you put in, and Corteva AgriScience gets that. Introducing Nutrition and Nutrient Efficiency Optimizer, a biological product that naturally captures nitrogen from the air. It's a sustainable way to add balance to your traditional nitrogen methods and maximize your yield potential. Embrace a balanced approach to nitrogen management this season by visiting Corteva.us. Welcome back. You're listening to Ag PhD Radio. We're going to dive into the Ag PhD mailbag here, but we still have time for your calls and agronomic questions at 844-44-AG-PHD. This one comes in from BP. He said, you guys talk about LD50 a lot when you talk about safety. And uh, today I just wanted to ask you about atrazine. Uh, the LD50 refers to the acute toxicity. I'm curious about long-term exposure and those types of things for farmers handling products like this year after year. Products like which? Atrazine. Sorry, I missed it. Yeah. Yep. So... This is why they have all the regulations they do and why they're why right in the label it requires personal protective equipment and things like that. One of the good things, at least for most farmers, is they aren't handling pesticides real often. So as long as a person is careful with stuff and, you know, anymore we have these great filtration, air filtration systems in sprayers and tractors and stuff. So it's just so much safer than it used to be. But, I mean, we talk about this same thing with everything around the farm. I mean, gasoline is horrible, one of the worst substances on the planet. Uh, you got oil that you have to deal with and grease and all these petroleum products that, I mean, they'll kill you. So you got to be really careful with a lot of things that you're using around the farm or, I mean, just even around your house. So we have access to many dangerous things in our world. And if we're not careful with them, then they can catch up to you long term. So, yeah, I, I, I mean, in terms of atrazine, I don't know all the stats or anything for long term, but I just know that they analyze, they're constantly analyzing and, and having to re-register products like atrazine. And so they test for things like cancer and stuff like that. And so I'm not going to sit here and tell you, oh, it's the safest product ever and you can go ahead and drink it. But I, I would say that there have been way more dangerous products that thankfully are now banned. So 
I, I guess I feel really good anymore about a lot of the things that we get to use in agriculture. And again, it's not like we're using them very many days. We only use them a few days per year. So as long as people are following the label, using personal protective equipment, and just being careful and using some good common sense, you know, I, I really don't worry a whole lot. I do, like I say, worry a lot more about things like gasoline that people are pumping in their car or pickup every day. Um, that's much, much more of a concern to me. Hey, Darren, let's hit that silage question from Nolan, if yeah. you got that pulled up. Yep, yep. Uh, Nolan up in north central North Dakota said, guys, love your show, always learning something. Uh, I'm raising continuous corn for silage. I've got trouble right now with kochia, uh, with pigeon, pigeon grass, grass, and pigweed. This year I sprayed Roundup, Armazon Pro, Atrazine, and uh, Must be an adjuvant of some yeah, sort. I got good control for a while, but had a late flush of kochia, and it got really weedy by the end of the year. Just curious, should I try something different next year? What would you do? Okay, the products you use, there's nothing necessarily wrong with those, and I recommend those on a regular basis. It could be a timing issue and a rate issue. So here's where I'm going with this. You're in a one-pass system. We really strongly prefer a two-pass system. So in other words, what I would do if I was in your situation is I would put a group 15 down or, well, probably even it could be a combination product, a pre-mix of some sort, but getting a group 15 pre, then you could come with this exact same mix post-emerge, but you may be able to delay the application a little bit instead of, because I don't know how early you spray it. If you sprayed it V2 or V3 on corn, you could delay it to V4 or V5. You'd be perfectly fine. You got nothing in there that's going to harm the corn when it's at V4 or V5, and now you're in good shape. So let's break this down a little bit. You got Roundup, you got Armazon Pro, which has a Group 15 and an HPPD. So that's good. You got Atrazine. It's another mode of action. So, I mean, you've got four modes of action out there, and all all of those can kill kochia. So, except, yeah, I guess, I mean, there's going to be a percentage of your kochia that the Roundup isn't going to kill. But the point is, I can see why you got control right away. So what you're after when you talk about this late flush is getting more herbicide with longer residual. So that's where I say group 15. With Amazon Pro, well, you have a group 15 in there, it's a reduced rate. And that's the problem. So could you add more then? Yes. If it's me, I do more pre, and that's going to allow me to delay my post a little bit. So that's probably what I would do. But one way or the other, you got to get more of the group 15 chemical family out there, and you'll have later season residual with the kochia. Last thing I'll say is you want to have fantastic crop. So the better crop canopy you have, the less issue you'll have with that kochia coming in late. Thanks for the question. Uh, get this one. Uh, well, let's head back to the phone lines here. We got Tony down in Missouri with uh, with a question for us. Tony, how you doing? Doing well. You, Darren? Not too bad. Not too bad. What can we do for you? I have a question about Amani's product, a premium blend. Um, I, I never have used any liquid type fertilizers before, whatever you want to call it. Sure. Uh, do they go? Is there a shelf life for that product? Does it go bad? I think it's uh, been setting somewhere for a little over a year. Okay. Uh, I, I don't know what all is in that particular one, but I think they've got humic acid in there, don't they? Yeah, 25% humic acid. It's a SITS, 24 SITS with some zinc and sulfur. 
Yeah. So we went, I don't think we'd get super worried about any of that. I just don't know with that humic. Sometimes we have used some humic products that settle out. Yeah, depending on the pH, uh, if, if they've got that pH really wacky, uh, then, then they're a little less stable. So I, I don't know on that particular one, but that would be, that would be my thought is I don't think anything there is going to die or anything like that, where it's, well, it's going to kill, it's not going to kill your crop, but so Right. But the question is, how is it going to be to handle and mix and that type of stuff? So that that would be my only yep. curiosity. So worst case scenario, let's put it this way. We try all kinds of stuff here on the farm, and sometimes we end up with things like you're talking about, where it sits around for a while, and then things settle out. So we've had to screen a lot of products over the years. You may just have to screen it out if there are any clumps or anything like that in there. But no, I don't. I wouldn't expect you'd have any problem. We use they a lot. Give me a heck of a deal on it, you know, three three dollars a gallon. <laughs> sure. You know, and yeah. uh, I'm just using it for pasture and sure. hay. Yeah. Like like I hear you talk about rise up smart grass. Well, I asked for that, and she said, "Well, I'll make somebody a heck of a deal on this." So okay. <laughs> sure, and I mean we know that crops and grass included needs fertility. Well, if you got NPK sulfur zinc, that's a good thing. And the humic certainly isn't going to hurt anything. So no, it all sounds good to us. We're, we're great with it. It's just, I mean, you may have to screen something out. You'll just have to see how it goes. Uh, A lot of times when we as farmers get a deal, there's a downside to things. That would be our only concern for you. Otherwise everything should be fine. May have some lumps, huh? Yep. There's no guarantee. I'm just saying we've used a lot of different humic acid products before, and sometimes we have that. So you that that might be the case, but I'm not familiar with this particular one that you're mentioning. Sure. All right. All right. Well, I've never used a liquid type uh, uh, product before for grass or pasture, and I just wanted to see if his bang for the buck would be worth it. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Sounds like it's about a third third of the price. (laughs) Sure. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people out in pastures will use dry fertilizer, um, and then sometimes that can be a little bit cheaper, but liquid we really like. I mean, obviously you have to worry about, or I shouldn't say worry, but you just have to be careful with how much rate you're putting on along with water and stuff like that. I mean, if you put crazy amounts of fertilizer on without water, then you're going to burn the grass down. But yeah, I, I mean, it should work fine for you. We're not that concerned, so... I think you'll be okay. I think I'm going with 10 gallon of water and a gallon of that per acre. That'll be just so. fine. Yep. All right. Thanks very much, Brian. You bet. Good luck, Tony. Thanks. All right. Uh, got a question here. This one probably we can make in time. John said, guys, can you give me the formula? How do you? How much phosphate do you have to apply to raise soil test results by 10 parts per million? Okay. You convert to pounds per acre, multiply times two. So 10 times two, you've got 20 pounds. Then you're going to multiply times 2.3 to convert over to phosphate. Wait a second. What did, give me yeah. that again. Yeah. He said, how much phosphate Fate. do I have to put on to, to raise my parts per million of phosphorus on a soil test by 10? Yeah. Okay. So I'm doing this right. Yeah. I just had to make sure I, I followed you there. So anyway, then you get to 46. Uh, so basically to convert phosphorus to phosphate, you have to multiply times 2.3. So Again, it's 10 times 2 to convert to pounds per acre. It's 20 then times 2.3 to convert over to phosphate. So now you're up to 46. And then you have to divide by whatever it is you're applying. So if it's 1846O, it would take 100 pounds. So 100 pounds of DAP to raise the soil test level by 10 parts per million. 
figuring six-inch soil test. It's a little tricky. That's why Brian's always said if he owned a soil testing lab, he'd just put everything in Pounce Breaker. And, and phosphate. So yep. Yep. <laughs> hey, thanks for the question. We appreciate that, John. Uh, thanks to you for listening today. Be sure to join us again each weekday for more Ag PhD Radio.